Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and, of course, construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two-spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one-acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over 4,500 square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library, I mean library, a den, an outdoor lanai, and both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in, and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson at greenviewconstruction.com, or you can call 561-727-5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment-only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game 
whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. Now we're on, and welcome to another edition of 3 Yards Per Carry. I'm afraid of our tag. Sam Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And as always, this show is brought to you by Better Edge. Uh, go to betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash the number five reasons. And you get a $20 sign-up bonus. We're also brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN. Get 20% off your entire order. Well, guys, they played a game uh, on Saturday. And depending on who you listen to, uh, if you went on Twitter on Monday, you, which is today, you had to have been taken. You, you had to be thinking that, you know, or have these people lost their mind? But Skylar Thompson, wow. He's getting so much QB2 talk, although I suspect that nobody in that building is thinking about playing him at QB2. Uh, so, Simon, let's start there. How good did Skylar Thompson look? He looked great, but that's a conversation for next year, right? I mean, he, he you know, he's playing against guys that were are going to be in Walmart uh, in six months' time. So, UPS uh, drivers. I think you see it need to pump the brakes a little bit on the uh, Skylar Thompson uh, conversation. Um, he probably makes the roster because he's probably shown enough to keep him around, and you think you put him on the the practice squad and he'll get poached. Um, and the Dolphins don't want to do that, but you know the the some of the talk has been, you know. I mean, the talk generally is ridiculous because the fan base is nonsensical. But you know, some of this stuff is is bizarre in the extreme. They want to cut Teddy, Simon. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, good luck with that. Good luck with that when Tua goes down in the second game with injury, and then you have to play a rookie out of Kansas State for for fifteen games. Um, <laughs> let's see where you end up there. That will be um, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a conversation for next year. Chris, uh, your assessment of uh, the superstar third-string quarterback on the Miami Dolphins? I think cut Teddy and go with Skyler. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, I think, uh, yeah, he's – so after the first game, everybody said and, – and everybody was kind of uh, enthused about him after the first game, and understandably so. Uh, but, you know, everybody was also convinced that – that game alone means that he made the roster and they, they can't possibly stash him on the uh, practice squad. But uh, that's not just not true. Uh, people have to understand that uh, with, with NFL now generally keeping only two quarterbacks on the roster um, and those roster spots, those 53-man roster spots being so precious – that uh, you know, there aren't that many teams out there that are that are scanning the waiver wire for whoever your third quarterback was and and looking to poach him and put him on the fifty three man roster. You know, um, it, it's it's hard enough to make the decision to have a third quarterback on your roster. You know, based on based on what your guys have done in training camp and preseason, it's even harder to to make the decision to. Well, yeah, I'm. A, I'm. A, we're gonna keep. We're gonna keep three quarterbacks because 
this other team's quarterback did well in preseason in a preseason game. Who's playing drums? <laughs> Who's playing drums? I don't know. Yeah, yeah somebody's it. tapping the table, and it's not me because I'm standing it's away from it's the not table. Because I'm holding I, my hands. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what would be uh, tapping over here, but um, but no, I, I, I'm not not playing. All of a sudden, it stopped. It stopped. Thunder, Thundercock. It sounds like you're playing the the bongo. <laughs> Pack it in. Yes. That's the sound of thunder. Um, yeah, I, so uh, it's it's just a really hard decision to make. Even if you've got a guy that that a third guy that is performing well, like all these teams are stuck in this thing. Well, we're probably not going to keep three. So imagine making the decision. Well, we're going to keep three with a guy that's not even been in our camp, you know, and not even been in our preseason games. Doesn't know our system. Doesn't know our players. Doesn't know Jack about anything on our team but yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep the third and keep that as a third guy um, here's the flip side to that though okay what if you know and let, let's be fair and i know i was dismissive earlier on let's be fair the kid has done all right yeah mm-hmm. he's done all right at camp mm-hmm. against a good defense against good secondary you know he's not going up against kids right he's done pretty well in two games i mean you know did he have two incompletions the other day drove him down the field got them in field goal range drove him down for a touchdown etc cetera, etc cetera, right what if mm-hmm. one of the most maligned quarterback teams of a modern generation you know in terms of i mean how many quarterbacks is it now since dan marina retired 25 or whatever what if they've drafted a kid in the seventh round who they really liked and you know he's done pretty well what if they 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 get rid of him try and stash him on the 53 somebody picks him up and in two years time three years time skylar thompson turns into a legit starting franchise nfl quarterback the most maligned team probably of a generation in terms of how they fucked Mm -hmm. around quarterback are sitting there with massive egg on their face. They thought they'd be smart. Try and sash a kid in the 53. And he ends up becoming the guy that takes the New Orleans Saints to the Super Bowl and winning it. I mean, yes, a lot of things have got to happen, but it's the sort of fucked up thing that you could imagine happening given the way the Dolphins luck has gone. Well, you know, what if, what if yeah, you made the decision to yeah. trade for Dante Culpepper and you should have sure. gone with Drew Brees, you know, like in, in that it's, it's part of the, it's part of the, um, the risk. And I'm not saying he will be cut. I think probably my base case would be that they'll, they have to find the roster spot for him. And I think that he really bolstered it quite a bit with this second game. But give us a percentage uh, then. Okay. Thompson making the roster, both of you percentage making the 53. Uh, I think, my percentage, I, I'll go first. My percentage, uh, because of what I've learned today, is 100%. Chris? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I would I would have gone as I would have gone as low as like you know 60 70 percent. I think that's I think it's it's lower. I think he is going to probably be kept on the roster. But remember, this is the team that did play around risking uh, Reed Sinet a year ago. Oh. Okay. And um, so. Chances he makes the practice squad, or he's they put him on the practice squad and he doesn't get poached. Hmm. I, I I think there's a a fair chance that he would not necessarily get poached on the practice a, a better than fifty percent chance that he wouldn't get uh, poached. I tend to agree with that too. Better than fifty percent because you just saw the Minnesota Vikings trade a draft pick for Nick Mullins okay. in our the year of our Lord twenty twenty two. Nick Mullins okay. is commanding a draft. Final question then. Percentage chance Teddy Bridgewater gets axed and Thompson is the number two. It has to be zero. It has to be. 10 or 20% at best. 
I think it's zero because of what they committed to him. It's a fully guaranteed one-year deal. It's the only reason he he came here. Yeah, I mean, but Teddy Bridgewater, the the guarantee is not that much because when you have the um the offset uh, clauses and such, you know, he's gonna he's gonna play for somebody else. Um, if if he's not playing here, he's he's gonna he's gonna be a backup quarterback elsewhere. Um, Six and, and a half so, million fully guaranteed. Yeah, so so some other team will be paying him. Some other team will be paying him, and Miami will get a break on that. I, I think you know if that's if that's the um, the calculus, then it, it's it's not so much about that. It's it's about the fact that he's still doing what he was here to do, which is to um, be a guy in the locker or in the um, in the the QB room uh, with Tua Tungavaloa and to help help him be the starter. And um, and to be an experienced backup, nothing has changed in that regard. And as Simon said, you know what? You Tua goes down in week three or week two, and, and suddenly you're going to have the whole season to Skylar Thompson, the undrafted r- rookie free agent out of Kansas State, who wasn't you know who had a kind of a mediocre career at Kansas State. I don't know. I don't know. Just because of a couple of preseason passes, I'm not. I'm not sure that that's actually. In, in the cards for Miami. I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater is the guy because they want it. It's as much, it's as much to do with his personality and his presence in the QB room as it is uh, to do with what he can do on the field. If Tua did go down. Hmm. I heard the the comp today, Tony Romo. Uh, I would relax on that. <laughs> yeah. Relax on that. <laughs> You know, that's too much luck. That That's like a lightning bolt from God whenever that happens. You know, the Kurt Warners, the Tony Romos, guys yeah. that just co- that come out of nowhere, you know, off the scrap heap to, to be really good quarterbacks. Well, I think it was Kurt Warner's probably, you know, a better comparison a little bit. But um, Wasn't Tony Romo around. also a UDFA? Yeah, I believe so. He wasn't a draft pick. Uh, well, I mean, Skylar Thompson was a draft pick. But, um, yeah, but I think uh, – Tony Romo, as I recall, had a really standout career in yeah, um, in college. Illinois. Yeah, he was at Eastern player. Illinois. Um, he was undrafted. So he, he was not undrafted, or was he? Yeah, he was undrafted. Yeah. He was undrafted, right? But um, but yeah, he had a standout career. Uh, at he was Eastern a Illinois. he was a D two Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, essentially the mm-hmm. the best player in D two, um, or whatever whatever you call it, um. F- the, Walter, FCS. the Walter Payton Award, was it? Yeah, the Walter Payton Award is the one that's like the Heisman for FCS players. And an yeah, excellent yeah. golfer. One double A back then, wasn't it? I don't think we changed to FCS at that point. It was, it was not double A, it's triple A, you know, back then, back then because double A was, uh, I, I, I believe, or maybe I'm thinking of Division Two. Yeah, let me Google it. Uh, yeah. Scroll down. Because uh, 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 Division Two was it was it was something like uh, it goes straight. It went straight from like Division One to Division Three or something like no, that. Because so Division Two December, is December two thousand two. Romo became the first player in Eastern Illinois and Ohio Valley Conference history to win the Walter Payton Award, given annually to the top Division One AA football player. One AA. Okay. Yeah. Mm. What was Division Three back then? Is that like Brown and Yale and? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. I know that we, division two division two was supposed to be like um was was like uh HBCUs and stuff, I think. Uh, um but I'm not I'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure. 
Yeah, we're gonna stay with the with the good here. Eric has come, and I don't think uh, like last week we talked about. I don't think this debate is about Zach Tom versus Eric has come. I think it's Zach Tom versus Channing Tindall. So that's a debate for another day. But Eric has There's there's a debate about the debate because Simon thinks it is uh, Zach Tom versus Eric has yeah i can see both sides of it really I'll tell you, should i tell you why i don't think it's uh, why i think it's that way because i think it's channing tindall against um rashad white who i know was the player they wanted to pick mm-hmm. and i agree with that so yeah i can see both sides of it and you know i'm leaning and leaning simon here uh zach tom i've watched uh his, both of his games i saw his saints game guys damn good as <laughs> in pass pro uh, I don't think he's allowed anything so far. He looks great so far. But to be fair, Erica Zucama looks like a contributor right away. Uh, your thoughts, Simon, on Erica Zucama? Obviously, this was a Wes Walker special. He pounded the table for him. But he's going to have to be pretty good because I think Zach Tom is going to play as a, as a rookie for Green Bay for a contender. So that's saying a lot. I think the kid will be the number four receiver. I think he's showed it in camp. Uh, he's turned up some big performances in camp, big touchdowns. And in big moments in the game at the weekend, I thought he was impressive. There were a couple of times he probably should have had more catches than he did. I think Teddy Bridgewater missed him a couple of times, certainly missed him on that broken play, the rollout, mm-hmm. had him mm-hmm. down the field in the uh, in the third quarter. Um uh, him and Skyler have clearly got a, a connection. He's big, he's physical, he can high point the ball. Uh, he runs decent routes. I think he needs to improve as a route runner. He's a little bit, he's a little bit, um, there isn't a great deal of sort of stop and go and uh, there's not much flash to his route running, but he can get open underneath. And look, you know, when you've got Hill and Waddle, he's going to catch some passes, you know, and I think he's the sort of guy that's going to come on second half of the season. Um, you know, he'll box out a corner. I think he'll be, um, I, I think he'll be a useful addition. Chris? Yeah, I think um, it's hard for me to say number four because we know how much they like Trent Sherfield. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, and he's a, he's been a staple uh, for them in the wide receiver room, um, as is Mohamed Sanu now, um, although he's going to have a harder time making it a roster. Uh, I think, yeah, it's it's that's really tough to say whether he's four or five or even three. Um, but you know, yeah, he's, he's very, I mean, he's very, he's so physical. That's the thing that stands out about him uh, Mm -hmm. to me is you see him after the catch and he just doesn't want to go down and, uh, that power, that strength, you know, you think about this with, uh, Jamar chase and what makes him special. Um, and, and, and in terms of his, uh, his strength and his power, um, and, I, th- I think it translates into multiple facets of the wide receiver game, not just the run after the catch, you know, the, the strength and the power also translates, you know, what goes into that, what, what goes into that after catch um, strength. It's part of it is balance, you know, well, what do you need? What do you need while running the route and uh, finishing the catch at the top of the route? You need, you need balance, you need strength. You need to be able to, uh, to deal with physicality and finish the catch. Um, and he can do that and he's showing that he can do that. And, uh, and so they're really, I mean, it's, it's kind of looked like a Devonte Parker that doesn't, um, that, that actually runs after the catch really well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, yeah, that's, this is, this is a, a very intriguing player. I mean, but you know, fair, be fair. Uh, he was doing it against, 
some probably future cuts. UPS drivers. Yeah. Um, so we we've got we've got more to see, a lot more to see. Um, but uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, and now we got to move on to the bad. Okay, that that was the good that I could get from the game. And I'm not gonna. Um, I don't think we want to. Uh, you know, isolate and analyze those eight attempts by Tua Tungvalu. He looked fine. You know, he looked he looked he good. Looked he's he's capable of looking good. Okay, he's not a terrible quarterback. Like I had one guy. Uh, you know, and that's why we don't answer too many questions on the three yards per carry Twitter account. But he was tell, he was trying to tell me he's been a terrible quarterback for two years and that this was an improvement. I'm like, Jesus, you know, if that's where we're going to start our debates, then I don't think there is much of a debate. But we got to move on to the bad. And I always hate to do this because it, it can happen in a second that light bulb could come on. But Simon, I think uh, I think the Noig Benogany thing, I think that's an, that's over with. It's year three. I don't see it changing. I don't think this is a guy that you go into week one, week two, week three, any week in the regular season, you feel good about it if he's that right cornerback to start the game. I think it's pretty much – I think it's it's about time. It's about time. To, we're counting the days till he gets his release or traded. Your thoughts, Simon? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think just with the injuries uh, to the position – I still think he probably makes the team at the moment. You, I mean, can you really guarantee that Byron Jones is going to play week one? You know, we talked about Joe Hayden. This is a big week for that, by the way. I'll elaborate yeah, after absolutely. that. You know, are we really thinking that, you know, are we going to weaken two positions by moving Nick Needham outside to somewhere where he doesn't often play, where, you know, moving him from inside and then put somebody else um, on the nickel? Are we going to do that? I, I, I don't think so. I, I think you'd rather keep the strength on the inside and then, you know, have Igbenogane outside and, and maybe play rotate so safety help over the top if you have to. But I, I, I don't think you can, I mean, who else are you going to play there? Keanu Crossan. Yeah. Maybe, but, you know, really? Or Cater, uh, Cater Coho. Again. I mean, I, I think, I think they've, I think they've both supplanted him. They are both played better than him. I think that when Sam Addison was, was asked, about um you know uh, about about that group uh, he was you know he was gushing about Kean Crossan I think other players have have gushed about Kean Kean Crossan um and he is he's a guy that you know he's very fast he runs a 4-3 um and he's got the athleticism he's been in the league for a, for a little bit he is you know he's absorbed different systems this system included because he was you know he was in this system before and um you know this is josh boyer's thing you know he he, he loves he loves the the guys that uh, that come up from out of you know humble beginnings so to speak uh he doesn't love first round guys like noah igmanagana who just never seemed to get it mm-hmm. and um and i and, and no he's in that camp i'm sorry i i think he's gone i think he's gone I think um, at this point, you know, if they if he is kept, it's it's just out of desperation because of injuries and as, a, as like a sixth guy, and yeah. um, and that I, otherwise, I think that you're looking at Keon Crossan has fully supplanted him, you know, um, or maybe even Cater Coho is just one preseason game, but we know it was more than that because they liked what he was doing in camp and they were you know they're pitching him as as a guy they really wanted to see 
and then he went ahead and, and had the great uh, preseason game. I just don't think I, I don't think uh, Noah has played himself onto the team. He just hasn't. I mean, you, everybody has to play themselves on the team to some extent, and he has not. And I'll say one thing about Noah Benogany, and and it's not to you know to turn this this podcast into the let's dump on Noah show, but he's one of those few guys that are noticeable as terrible special teams players, and I don't know what, what why that is. But he's just a bad special teamer. He can't hit people in space. He can't block people in space. He's he's terrible as a gunner. Uh, I just you know I don't I don't see the value. The only value is the, the salary, I guess. Like I guess you you could you could say you know what it's one of fifty three. You know we are going to carry maybe nine defensive backs. Yeah, he could be one of nine. You know, and if he's well, gonna you know, carry more than nine, I think what what oh, eleven okay. maybe. But he, you know he's three years younger than Skylar Thompson. Hmm. Isn't two or younger than Skylar Thompson? But uh, are we giving up completely on this this guy? I don't I mean, see. Are we, are we essentially when it's going to get good? But are we essentially saying then that? So have you got Mac Alexander making the team? Over Noah Benogany? You can't. You can't. No way can you put well, if If they're only keeping five corners, which I think they might keep six um, just because of injury issues, then, then clearly I think both Keon Cross and, and Cater Coho would, would be kept over Noah Igbenogany to me. Um, so Keho, is, who has essentially just played one half of football. I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially played one half of football as a professional athlete. And if Byron Jones can't go, we're saying that Keon Cross would be the starter opposite Xavier Howard. And the guy that's played one half of football is next man up. Again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Well, I mean, once upon a time, once upon a time, Noah Igbenogany was a guy that, you know, he was the first round topic out of of the SEC. This is, and and he's on his third year and he's still not sure. But but my point is, this is an undrafted free agent who's played a half of football. I'm just. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think, think. I don't think these coaches. I don't think these coaches, particular Josh Boyer. I don't think they shy away from that. I don't. I, I, I think, think. I think they love. I think they love those. Nick Needham was once upon a time a guy just like that. You know. I, I think if they if, if it comes to that, uh, I think Keen Crossan starts opposite of Xavier Howard, Nick Needham in the slot, and if something happens to Keen Crossan. Then I think it's time where it's where you just forced to move Needham outside, and I would trust Mac Alexander in the slot over. I would trust Neil, Noah Benogany on the boundary. Not play Eric Rowe in the slot. <laughs> <laughs> you um, know what? I would trust that too. I would trust Holland in the slot. I'm not, I'm not even joking. I, I would play Javon Holland in the slot a million percent. Yes, I mean, it's Oregon. If he's still the same, I, you know. You know, it's and it's not and, it, and well, again, I hate to turn this podcast into the let's take a dump on Noah Benogany. He's just uh he hurts the team. He hurts the team. It's as simple as that. Well, I, I, you mentioned it already. He's he's not he's not there on special teams. Um, and he is he is just not getting it in his third year. Uh, and I think that the the patience. I mean, you you can only have so much patience. I think. Um, but let's also keep another thing in mind. And that is that if they do cut him, they, um, put him on waivers. I think somebody else will probably claim him, try and take a chance. Mm-hmm. But, um, if that, if, when that doesn't work out, I mean, Miami can always have him right back on the practice squad, you didn't know, 20 um, teams, 20 teams made an offer for him, didn't they? After the draft. So, mm. 
So, I, I mean, what the, you mean when, when after, after what draft? For Kade Kohu. Mm. Oh, oh, no, no. I'm talking about Nick Monogany. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he will probably get claimed because of this first round status. Oh, yeah. He definitely will get claimed. Um, but, you know, those windows aren't very big when you claim a guy like that. And if he's having trouble at a new spot, then, you know, then he's back on waivers and, and then you can, you can get him back on the practice squad. You know, you know, when he it, knows when, your system, you know, when you'll know when it's absolutely over, when they talk about moving him to safety and I'm waiting for that press conference. All right, moving on more bad. Uh, the running game has mustered seven yards and two halves, Simon. <laughs> okay. That's not good. Is it as simple as, look, you don't have Tyreek Hill, you don't have Jalen Waddle, and yes, I know that those are wide receivers, but it matters to have your best three players, and I'm counting Toron Armstead among their best three players on offense, to uh, have that running game go. And The head coach is, um, I think the head coach is, cares about as much about preseason as I care about preseason podcasts. I agree. 0.0%. And I think that he is essentially looking at protecting the system, the scheme, what they're looking to do with the run game. Obviously, as you mentioned, you don't have the all-pro left tackle in. That obviously affects things. They don't have the two speedsters at wide receiver in the two studs. That certainly affects things. Uh, you know, look, let's be clear. You are stacking a box when you know that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle aren't there. You know for a fact nobody's stacking the box when Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are there, and that's mm -hmm. going to that running game we've not really seen a great deal of wide zone stuff at all um so i don't have any real concerns about the run game i think it'll be absolutely fine because you know if we start hitting the balls down the field those quick hitters you know deep balls all that sort of stuff i think people are going to obviously going to want to look to 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 ramp up coverages and that will open up the the, the game underneath so I, I don't really have any worries i and i didn't expect to come out in the preseason and bang away at, you know, 150 yards a game. I, I just didn't think that McDaniel was ever really going to take, not take it seriously, because you obviously take it seriously, but, you know, he's not going to want to show his hand. And, and I respect that. Chris? I think it's not only that he's just not showing his hand yet. Um, you know, as we mentioned, without without the starting uh, receiving threats out there, um, I mean, I, I do know that the Buccaneers pressured at a, incredibly high rate when they played in that first game um and the, the running game wasn't going to have any chance uh with that um it seemed like something that the the raiders were doing as well was pre was um pressuring on the outsides and um and so you know i, I kind of wonder about that I, I wonder if that's something that um you know a without those two wide receivers there will that happen when that when they do come back um, but but B, you know, hey, this is one way to try and combat the wide wide zone system is is to um, to hit the outsides. So it is giving them good um, good looks, and you know these guys have to understand they have to make adjustments. They have to make adjustments when somebody's showing a blitz, or um, there has to be communication. Uh, those kinds of things. And probably that's that's not been there. Um, but I think that it's not just it's, it's, it's all those things, but it's also a lack of Teron Armstead, you know, um, it's also, if we go back to, um, the, the Buccaneers game, you know, no, no Connor Williams either. Um, and Larnell Coleman has been 
up and down uh, i guess putting it kindly um in up and down Where, when is when is the up going to happen well you know there's 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 some snaps that he that he looks that yeah. looks pretty decent um but you know it's, it's he's been he's been a liability at at points and um and i think that uh they're they're rusty on the communication i, I, I had my first goddammit uh of the of the season when he jumped off sides when they were going for it on fourth and one because i wanted to see the play call on fourth and one and this guy of course has to jump off sides which, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, there was there was uh, that too. But and then I saw course, that, and I just said, "Oh, come on, man!" Like, really? Of course, second stringers, second stringers is uh, Keon Smith is is really struggling out there. He's um, terrible. He, he just can't know. play. I didn't so. think uh, I didn't think Coleman played that badly. To be fair, I didn't, I thought he was all right. You know, that penalty's a killer. Yeah, sure. I mean, the one penalty's a killer, but actually, you know, he looked all right in pass protection. He got his body in. You know, he got his body in the way of the. Uh, of the the Russia, he wasn't like on roller skates like Keon Smith was on the other side. I thought he did all right, you know. Yeah, the penalties are yeah, it's preseason. He'd be pissed off if it was the regular season, but you know, hey, who gives a fuck? I thought for the job that he actually had to do, which was protect the quarterback, I thought he was fine. He was absolutely fine. If there was a guy on the starting unit, you know, when the starting unit was out there, four out of the five men on the starting unit. Um, if there was a guy that was not doing his job and this went in the first game too, you know, the Bucks preseason game, because in pass protection, he really got, he really got, um, he really, he really took uh, some bruises in pass protection in that first game against the Bucks. Um, if there was a guy not doing, not doing the job, you know, it was, it was he or Austin Jackson. And, um, and I think that that's, that's the, that, that's the issue. Um, that is hopefully going to be corrected when Toronto Armstead comes back. Yeah. All right. Now moving on. This is the curious case of our tight ends. I do know one thing about our tight ends. Uh, Durham Smythe is going to play and play a lot. Uh, he's a lock. Outside of him, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with this entire group. But I do know one thing: if Mike Kosek is going to start dropping passes, then this decision has to be. It's going to be made. It's going to be elementary. Uh, Simon, we were going to have, we had a back and forth on Twitter on this. Uh, where do you think they stand on, on Mike Kosecki? That was a, that was a bad outing for, for, for Mike Kosecki. It, it was, it was for, for a, a preseason game. You know, it's not supposed to matter. I think it mattered to him. He played enough snaps where, you know, what he did was actually noticeable. And most of what he did was bad. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the drops really mean anything that that they're unrelated to his ability. It was the blocking that was the issue. Um, uh, the the safety it was a, a you know abject. Um, his block on that play. Um, I thought it was really really informative what Gasicki said that the reason he played so many snaps was that he needed as many snaps as he could get. Um, and it's clear that there's an issue. There's been an issue. I mean, quite frankly, there's been an issue trying to fit Gasicki in, knowing how the system is going to work. There's clearly been an issue in training camp and there's clearly an issue in games. I said last week I wouldn't be surprised if he was moved and I still think that's that's absolutely possible. I did think Chris made a very pertinent point, which is that nobody else has made a any sort of run through. You know, Seaton Carter probably isn't going to make this team. Hunter Long has been a massive disappointment and he is really on the bubble for making this team. Um you know the the kid, the, excuse me, the undrafted free agent kid. Um, he's injured. Beyond Durham Smythe, Adam Shaheen's on. You know, Adam Shaheen's out for the season. If you if you deal Mike Jasicki, you you don't have anybody. 
you know what I mean? There's nobody, mm-hmm. there's nobody filling that gap. And I think Chris's point is is absolutely apposite. I think you know, I don't think he fits, and I think you're going to end up losing. You, you know, you lose him after the season, but. I'm not sold how much material gain there is from just trading him right now, unless you're trading him for a, you know, a starting corner. If all of a sudden Byron Jones is going to miss a, you know, or do you need a, do you need a guy who's going to play tackle? Well, you know, there's, there's Daryl Williams is out there and Eric Fisher's out there. And, you know, we talked last week about uh, Jason Peters is out there. You know, there are players out there, you know, so what, what, what material benefit are you getting right now from dealing him? He's not a fit. I don't think he's ever going to be a fit. He can't block for Toffee. We know this. And that's going to be a massive issue. It's why Darren Smythe is getting all the starting reps in the, in that spot. But what I do think is that I just don't know how much benefit the 2022 Miami Dolphins get from getting rid of him, despite the fact that he can't do what this offense is predicated upon. You know, he can't take on a five technique or a three technique or he can't do what George... And we knew that, but I, I'm not sure the coaching staff really realised just, he just doesn't... He just can't get it. Just doesn't get it. So it's a really interesting conundrum, but he is slipping down the roster. And as Chris said in the in the, um, in the 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 Discord chat on Saturday night, um, you know, it's the 700-pound gorilla in the room that, that that's suddenly emerging from this preseason game is that Mike Gazicki mm-hmm. is now playing early to midway through the second quarter, through the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Chris? Yeah, it's it's real now, you know, like um, like before, you know, we we speculate and there was a lot of people like, oh, why isn't Gasicki being all that um, productive in the passing game and, and training camp and, and stuff like that? Um, but we've had a real and but then you get to the Bucks game and he was clearly first string, you know, like the, he was he was in with the first stringers. He was out when the first stringers went out, you know, um, yes, he did play. And, and maybe you could say well, he, you know, it's a bad sign for him that he didn't get the, uh, the, the excused absence that virtually every other starter did. Um, but at the same time, like he was still first string. Now, fast forward to this game, Durham Smythe was out there in first string a lot, a lot. And, um, and so it's a very, it's a very real thing now looking at uh, Gasicki's playing time versus Durham Smythe. Uh, this season and and Simon I think you once said that you you think Durham Smythe is going to out snap him and uh, you know get get more snaps and that's real now that's um and so that's that is a big story uh on the other hand as Simon alluded to um we've always talked about this and I can't even recall the number of times Simon said that you know what they do with Gesicki is going to reflect what they think of Hunter Long right Mm. And, uh, and unfortunately for Hunter Long, he was last on the depth chart in the first game and last on the depth chart in the second, in the second game as well. And, uh, and that makes two coaching staffs that have now curiously, uh, you know, buried him on the depth chart. If you think, if you think about like how he played last year, he, he started out the season, maybe in the first game or so, um, actually actually getting out there but it wasn't very long before they just buried him and you just never saw him out there ever you know it was it was all dirt it was all Gesicki, Durham Smythe and uh, Adam Shaheen ahead of him and um and now you have a second and that 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 coaching staff drafted him <laughs> you know mm. and, and now you have a second coaching staff that um that supposedly they had they were high on him coming out of the draft uh 
And yet they they've they've set them below Seathan Carter. They set them below Tanner Connor. Um, so this is really bad for Hunter Long. Uh, Hunter Long shout and grab. You know, as 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 Simon was just saying, you trade Mike Gesicki. Who do you have? You have Durham Smythe, who's the next uh, the next you know coming of Hunter Goodwin um and 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 so and and that's and that's it you know and and tanner connor the undrafted rookie who was a track star you know and 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 so i think that that's i think that that's the problem Uh, you know people want to say well he's he's gone he's gone he doesn't fit and and i get why they want to say that um but the reality is that nobody else has really uh showed that they can they can uh supplant him on the roster and on the depth chart um and and really contribute and the other thing is just look what happened yesterday because because we always go we went we made this mistake last year we're like we have a strong wide receiver unit right last mm. year we and they all got will will fuller and so and then it was like by week four we have i we have um isaiah uh, ford we're starting isaiah, isaiah ford out there starting again you know it's like hey isaiah so, ford so, is, a, is available by the way he just got cut uh well, exactly. a couple of days ago so. <laughs> exactly that doesn't <laughs> um but you know so think about what we did last uh, the the other night when we put out a wide receiver unit that had no tyreek hill had no jalen waddle in it um it looked like a unit that just wasn't making plays until Skylar Thompson and all the third stringers got out there, including the third stringers on the other side of the field, got out there and started making throws to Eric as a comma. But, um, you know, it, it's, it looked like a wide receiver unit that, or just an overall skill unit, pass catching unit that just didn't have much, um, much to them. And, if that happens during the season, you are going to want, like, forget this. We're playing Mike Kosicki at true tight end now, you know, so he's not catching balls. Forget that. If those, if we've got wide receivers out, we need his receiving, you know, and, and suddenly he's going to be a guy that Tua needs to look for. And I think that that's real. I think that's, that's a real thing that maybe people aren't considering is, um, is he has, he has a spot in that receiving, uh, um, you know, pecking order. And, uh, and, and I think that that's why he's going to be on this team this year. And he's going to be given basically the whole year to kind of try and figure it out. Yes, he is playing a new position. No, he's never been a good blocker. And, and we've never just, he's not even structurally sound for it, I think. But, um, but he's going to have the year to figure it out. You know, um, and if it's not as number one tight end, uh, then it might be as number two. But he's still probably going to be here. Uh, so, you know, that's that's the bottom line. But it was it was a very big story because now, now he, he just went from he just went from like one of the higher profile tight ends in the entire league to possibly number two on his own team. All right. And. No, but no matter what anybody tells you, I think that most of these coaches come into the season, the preseason, knowing about 35 guys that are going to be on the roster. And sometimes they know about 40. So I got three questions on the way out of here on three units. And I'll start with you, Simon. Cater Kohu, Ben Stilley. They made they made the team, both of them. Yep. Okay. Chris? Both, yeah. Okay, so we're in complete agreement. Pick one, Simon. Darius Hodge, Brendan Scarlett, Port Augustine. Port Augustine. 
I think I think this is going to be across the board. We're all going to agree. Chris? Or Augustine, but I think Brennan Scarlett might also make it. I'm, and I don't I think Darius Harge has a, much of a chance. Okay. I think Scarlett yeah. will make it. He's a very good special teams player. Good in coverage. Yeah. Uh, I, we're, we're eye to eye. And this is the last question. Zaquandre White, RB3. Why not, Simon? Wow, well, I don't think so, no. Really? Okay. So uh, elaborate. Who's RB3 then? I think it will be Edmonds, uh, Mosa, Ahmed, and maybe one other. But I don't think White will make it. I think he'll end up on the practice squad. I just don't think he's done enough in camp. Mm. Chris? It's hard to argue with Simon on the basis of what he's done in camp and um, and the the order, pecking order that's been used in the two games. But I, I make the case I think it will happen because – who on this roster at the running back position are you going to throw in there on third and two, or, or you know try and try and run the ball on a on a second and one or a third and two or in the tight red area um, where you need a little bit of power? Any situation where you need a little bit of power, you're not going to do. Mo- it's not Mostert. It's not Chase Edmonds, and Sony Michelle is you know I'm sorry to say uh, when it comes to power is a cream puff. Um, and so I, and I don't think he's making the team, uh, Savan Ahmed is, is tiny. He's not, he's not a power guy who, mm-hmm. and so I think that, that that's the door. That's the door that's open for Zaquandre, right? Or white. Sorry. Yeah, I, I completely, I, I completely agree. All right. On the way out here, a little housekeeping on Byron Jones. Uh, he has to get off the pup pretty soon. He has to get off this week. He has to practice because if not, uh, a four-week stint on the pup could be his sentence if he makes it past this week. So he has to get off the pup and start practicing this week. Uh, they have joint practices on Wednesday and Thursday. It's going to be interesting what they do on Wednesday and Thursday against the Eagles. We're going to do a podcast right after those joint practices are done, which is going to be, in my opinion, the only real competition of the week because I think that on Saturday what you're going to see is just going to be – that's going to be god-awful. But if you like Scholar Thompson, you, you're going to have a blast, all right? But it's the Skyler Bowl. <laughs> oh my God! It it, it is going to be Reed Sinet versus Skyler Thompson, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, oh, how could yeah, you I'm not get in. excited for this? Yeah, I'm recording that. Yes, I'm recording that, and I'm going to analyze every single snap. Probably not, but it sounds good saying it. All right, that's it. Enjoy the joint practices. You're allowed to be out there on Wednesday and Thursday. It'll be the last time you see the team practice, by the way, because that's it. Camp is over on Thursday, and then we'll move on to the Patriots in week one. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.